What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of The Spectators. I'm Julian Osius. I'm here with Brooklyn. What's going on, buddy? Chilling, man. Excited. Episode 49. We are a week away from episode 50. We got something cool planned for you guys. We're excited to put it out. Experience it with you guys. Everything, man. Yeah. So, yeah. How you doing? Yeah, we're doing good. It's a it's a nice Monday morning. We were up bright and early today. We were getting a lot of stuff done. And uh, after a long day of some football yesterday, and we get a, a little double, a little, a little double special of football today. Um, we also had the NLCS wrap-up yesterday, so we got the World Series, which is set and ready for either Tuesday or Wednesday. I'm not exactly sure when that is, but... Mm-hmm. We're actually getting days off with the World Series this week, too. So we'll be able to talk about it uh, before, during, and after in the next coming weeks, which is nice. Um, instead of just seven straight and five straight days, which is what it's well, been. Which is really, really nuts. Yeah. That, like, playoff series to determine who's going to go to the championship round for it's the World Series. It's just, yeah, just no days off. No days off. Go out and make it happen. Mm-hmm. And that's it. It's crazy, yeah. So, well, before we get into baseball, let's let's get uh, let's go over NFL Week Six. We're approaching the halfway point of the season. We're starting to figure out who's actually good, who's not, um, who's starting to show that they're tanking and who's not, and all that. So uh, <laughs> we're getting a better picture of what the NFL is looking like. And yeah. uh, let's start with probably the best game of Sunday, which was this uh, Texans titans game and man it, it was a much better game than i think people anticipated texans really haven't shown that they've that they're really worth anything this season and they came into this now, game we, against, we don't really know if that's um because of bill o'brien's uh <laughs> expedited departure yeah um, <laughs> caused by all the players so whatever it may be they showed up this week so it was cool yeah, and you know they showed up. Deshaun Watson played really, really well. Uh, yes. Will Fuller had a good game for them, and um, you know it still kind of went according to plan because they didn't get the win, and they definitely are one of those teams kind of in the hunt for um, a better draft pick because they have the talent there. I think they just kind of need another year under an actual coach, and then like whoever they wind up getting in the draft, and the Facts. Texans will be right back to where they're supposed to be. But yeah. Uh, Tennessee's undefeated. They're 5-0. and They look strong. This is probably Ryan Tannehill's best game as a Titan in terms of, like, the, the stat sheet. Uh, 364 yards, four touchdowns. He had a, he did have a pick. But, I mean, those are not Ryan Tannehill numbers. And um, 30 for 41, too. Yeah. like he, Tannehill he just keeps on well. impressing me every single week, man. Because yeah. it's not like we expect him to go out, throw for... 250, 300, two, three touchdowns, a good uh, completion attempt uh, ratio. Like, you, you don't expect it from him, especially with this big money contract he got. Everybody's just like, all right, cool. He got paid. But he's showing out, and, and you got to give him props. They, yeah. they got a really good system over there in Tennessee, and they're making it work. Yeah, and uh, Coach Vrabel is – I I, I think he's one of the best coaches there are. He knows what this team is made of, and um, they're made of Derrick Henry, and they fed him the ball 22 (laughs) times. He got him two touchdowns and over 200 yards 
and he had over 50 receiving yards, which is not something we're accustomed to seeing out of Derrick Henry. Um, he had a 94-yard uh, rush, too. That was electric. Yeah, he's the biggest dude ever that runs the ball for 90-plus yards just, like, consistently. It's insane. Yeah. that's. A, I think that's his it's third wild. career 90-plus-yard run, like, single run. And, uh, I mean, if that, if that doesn't yeah, we impress just, you, then not Right before much the episode, we were just talking about his 99-yard rush, uh, I believe, like, two years ago. Yeah. And it, it's just nuts. For a man of that size... And to just be so agile and quick and just fast, but also could just murder you and run you over. And that stiff arm is nothing to play with. So it, yeah, it's um, nuts, man. Can we get um, can we get a moment of silence for Josh Norman? We didn't get to talk about that because that was um, <laughs> was that on Tuesday? We, we was it? Yeah, it it was. <laughs> yeah, the Titans played twice this week, and they played twice in like six days. They played uh, on Tuesday. They who they played the Bills. Yeah, they played the Bills, and uh, they actually beat the Bills. They actually beat the Bills pretty bad too, which I don't think too many people expected. I thought that was going to no, be a good not, game, not but I didn't all. expect like a beatdown like that. They really put it on them. Yeah. And the the whole game pretty much went exactly how that play with Josh Norman went. Um, it's got a big fist to the face, and he went airborne. Bro, he got launched. Absolutely launched. Absolutely launched. And the memes are incredible. That's why I'm so happy we're in like the Twitter age. Because something like that happens, and you're like, whoa. And then you hop on Twitter, and you just see people putting Josh Norman getting thrown off a boat. Or like playing Twister. Or like any... I saw him get thrown off the hell in the cell. I got him. I saw him get thrown out of uh, Uncle Phil's mansion. Like jazz. Like, bro. <laughs> just yeah. killing me, bro. Just really good. And I think it helps, too, that it's Josh Norman. And for whatever reason, uh, as a social media, we we tend to chew on Josh Norman a little bit more just because he was always so vocal and never particularly as good as he might have talked himself up to be. Yeah. But, again, Tennessee, strong start to the year, 5-0. and They were great last year. Uh, is this the year that they kind of take that step? I don't know. I'm not sure. But uh, they definitely look the part so far. They look good. Um, they do look good. Well, another game we had, Ravens-Eagles. Ravens had this game in the bag. They were chilling, feeling good. And then, you know, it's garbage time. Uh-oh. Eagles start to score. Yep. 24-14, right? And the, the Ravens score two field goals, so it gets up to 30. And then with three minutes left, uh-oh, touchdown. A minute 50 left, uh-oh, touchdown. But they don't get the two-point conversion. And that Which missed two-point conversion pretty much seals the deal. Baltimore yeah. wins it by two, 30-28. Is, is there any reason that we should be concerned about Baltimore? They haven't looked the best in the last couple of weeks. No, they, they haven't. Like, they, they are 5-1. and one, shouldn't but. be given the – yeah, they – they're winning games, but they're running into like just roadblocks within those games and stumbling against teams that they should just be steamrolling over. Like Philly, this should not have been. They shouldn't be giving up twenty-two points in the fourth quarter. Yeah, that's just that that can't happen. Against uh, Washington, they also it, it wasn't like they won by a good margin, but like a team like that, especially with this Ravens caliber offense, they should be just steamrolling them, bro. 
but it's just not happening. I, I, I don't really know what it is yet. Like, J- Lamar Jackson obviously hasn't been running as much as we usually see, and I don't know if that's system-wise that they want to, like, stray away from it a little bit or just he doesn't have the lanes to do it. But there, there is question marks. There, there is question marks. Yeah, and, uh, you know, they're still 5-1, and one, though, so it's hard to say that um, things aren't going great, but they'll figure yeah, it out. it's nothing to panic over. No, no, they'll figure it out. Um, also a cool little thing, Carson Wentz looked not terrible this week. Uh, didn't have a good completion percentage, but he didn't throw a pick, and he was leading the league in picks coming into today. So um, that's Shout a good that. sign, I guess, but not really when you're 1-4-1, <laughs> four and one, but... Yeah, it's it's a it's a better sign, but Philly got a Philly got a problem over there, and they got to figure it out because they got a lot of holes that they got to fill. Absolutely. Uh, what's another game that you want? Uh, to talk This about? one was probably the most anticipating game. You had the Battle of the Bays, Green Bay against Tampa Bay, Battle of the Twelves, Aaron Rodgers against Tom Brady, and it was not what we expected. Not even a little bit. Um, I actually I really like the the Bucks this year. Um, I expected them to bounce back after that really tough loss to the Bears last week, but mm-hmm. I didn't expect Green Bay to roll over. I I want to say that this was statistically Aaron Rodgers' worst game of his career. Um, two interceptions, no touchdowns, under fifty percent uh, throw percentage. Like he did not look particularly good. No. And not that Brady looked like like a world beater either. Um, Ronald Jones had a great game. He had two touchdowns over 100 yards. The Bucks haven't really had like a really good performance from the, a rusher this year like that. So that was big. Um, but the real story here is the Bucks defense is, in fact, really good. Yes. And, th- and that's just what we figured out. We knew they were good, that they had been playing well. But Devin White and the boys look legit and that is something that was like very very underlooked coming into this season where it was all about the offense they got Gronk they got Evans they got Godwin uh Brady's in town but if the defense is gonna play like this against the Packers facts I mean big facts I don't know what to like getting two picks off Aaron Rodgers is not something that happens a lot and especially a pick six so there, there's something yeah, to man. be said about being able to do that to such an all-time great. And the thing about this Bucks team, the more and more they play together, the better they're going to get. That's what people just like, they, they expected them to be steamrolling early in the year, and you weren't going to get that. You weren't going to get that. You got a lot of new pieces, new system, new quarterback that's used to a completely different environment and everything. Bruce Arian still getting his feet wet. So with all that meshing, (laughs) give it by like another couple of weeks, man. And this team is going to be really, really dangerous. Yeah, I I agree. I agree. And, you know, I really think that there's usually like an aura of losing around the Bucks, And I think there's just something a little bit different with a guy like Tom at the helm. And Bruce Arians, oh, absolutely. Too. So uh, I, um, yeah. I expect maybe not like you know them winning every game for the rest of the season. I expect them to win 10, 11 games, 
But I think once it comes time for the playoffs, we're, we're going to see um, a different type of intensity from them. Kind of like what yeah, we saw Yeah, I think all, all you're really looking for is just them being competitive within these games. Even if they lose it, as long as it's a close game and, like, one little mistake that you could go back and look on. It's like, all right, that that's what did it. So let's correct that and move on to next week. Yeah, I think also, if they stay within those confines, they're, they're good, man. One thing I do want to point out, this is the second time in Bucks history that they had a game without a penalty. Not a single penalty the whole game. That's how you win football really? games right there. Like, that's just how it's going to yeah. be. If you're not going to do mental mistakes, I mean, you're more than likely going to win games, and a lot of them. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. And that's on good coaching over there. So big shout-out to, to Bruce again. Good coaching, good discipline, everything. Um, another kind of surprise from the weekend, not really a surprise because we knew that the Steelers are really good, but the Browns one week will show us that they're great and the next just stink up the joint, and this was one of those weeks. Um, Baker yeah. Mayfield was just bad. Odell wasn't particularly good. They couldn't get the run game going. Uh, and the Steelers just absolutely just stomped on them. 38-7. to And the- um, they were coming into this game with the number one rushing team in uh, the NFL. Yeah, and that's just not so, how that. Not how no, that stayed. Not at all. That. Um, the, they one thing I will say: to seventy-five rushing yards. Yeah. So, one thing crazy. I will say is, the Steelers are probably the best organization in the league at scouting and getting value at their skills positions. Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell. Um, all the tight ends that they've had in their time, right? And everybody even before those guys. I mean, the bus, and they, they've had Santonio Holmes. Like, they've had these really good, like, unsung guys coming in that turned mm-hmm. out to be great. Um, yeah. We got another group of them over here. Uh, James Conner is a really, really high-end running back with great catch potential. Uh, Juju, is, I mean, we know what he's about. And then the rookie, Claypool, I've never seen Man. a guy like get schemed like a scheme set for him so well. Like the plays that you see them running to get Claypool the ball is kind of reminiscent of like what the Vikings used to do with like Percy Harvin or like what the Bears do with like Cordero Patterson where they like find a way to just get it to him. Mhm. And uh, it's working. Dude, this I kid's mean, good. Yeah, he's really this really talented. Good. Um one of the better rookies this year. Um it's kind of crazy to me that I think at least like how the year has started, um, a rookie quarterback probably isn't going to win rookie of the year as of week six because yeah, there's a, a there's chance. a guy, he's the only highlight in Minnesota this year because they have been bad. <laughs> but uh, Justin Jefferson and the Vikings, uh, Vikings go – the play Atlanta. They were, Atlanta was 0-5. Vikings were 1-4 coming into this. Uh, people expected a high-scoring game. It kind of did turn into that towards the end. Um, yeah. But the Vikings just did not show up to play. And Julio Jones was fantastic. Uh, Matt Ryan looked like he knew how to walk again, so that's good. Um, that's <laughs> that's the Matt Ryan we like to see, right? Facts. And, um, you know, a regime change and instant success so that's definitely a, a positive coming out of atlanta uh and then calvin ridley was good but uh Very like cool. but like i said uh the vikings and justin jefferson they really found a gem in him 
Yeah, absolutely. Justin Jefferson has been balling. Yeah, and I don't remember the exact stat, but it was like the first, not the first, but like there's five rookies ever to have like 400-yard receiving games in their first six games, and he's one of them. And he didn't even play the first two weeks, so. Um, he had nine receptions, 166, and two touchdowns. Some of that came in garbage time. It is what it is. Uh, it is what it is. It <laughs> still counts. I mean, Kirk Cousins you, you is the take king it. of garbage time. So. You're going to happily take it. Also, uh, I mentioned Carson Wentz being the interception leader coming into this week, and Kirk decided, I want that crown. If we're going to be bad <laughs> this year, I want us to be first in something. So he threw three picks in the first half, including on the first play of the game. And he has sole possession of the most interceptions. Uh, very Cousins Eli is, Manning reminiscent. Kirk Cousins is a very like bipolar talent. Because one year he, it's like, all right, we 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 got the Kirk that we want, and then it's, oh no, there's there's the Kirk that we know. Oh yeah. wait, he's back to being what we want. Oh, well, too bad. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's Here's really a roller coaster with him, and uh, just nobody knows what they're gonna get. <laughs> Week to week, yeah, year to year. It's crazy. Uh, yeah, it, it's just kind of bad. Um, and then the last thing I want to talk about before we preview these other games, uh, the Giants got to win in the worst game of the year probably. <laughs> the, the football team versus the Giants. Giants squeak out a win. Um, Congrats. If anybody actually watched that game, I'm sorry. Because it stunk. <laughs> it was not particularly fun. Yeah. But you know, that it's what you expect from a Giants Washington game, right? Absolutely. I will now, say um, shout out to the to the football team. They really wanted to win this game. They went in, they scored their touchdown to tie it at the last second. There's like 36 seconds left, and they went for two instead of tying it. They went for the win, and they didn't get it. But I respect it. Yeah, like if you're a bad team. Like just just go for it, and the, you know Why what they not? said. We don't want to. <laughs> we don't want to play this game any much any longer. We're ending it one way or the other. Yeah, like we're we're either going home with the dub or the L, and we're not taking this to OT. No matter what. Yeah, but um, we do got some cool matchups tonight. Yeah, one um, is uh, one's a great one. This, it, it's we not going to be a five o'clock uh, game. Yeah. It's, 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 Five o'clock Monday night football, crazy. I love it, but so weird. <laughs> yeah, with the Chiefs this one's and the not going to sting as Ooh. much for me yet because just he just got there, so he's obviously not going to play because of protocols and all that. He'll make his uh, Kansas City debut next week. But in breaking news earlier this week, the Jets release Le'Veon Bell, and Kansas City ends up picking him up. Stink, stink. They cut Kansas Le'Veon City Bell. ends up picking him up. So, we'll, we'll get into, like, what the Chiefs could look like for the rest of the year. I mean, but, the Chiefs uh, were already the, Bills. the best team. So, this is yeah. just adding as dynamic a player as there's a- Adding fuel to the fire. Yeah, it, it's it's almost not fair. Um, yeah. That, I mean, defending world champs and again, a, a really good player just thrown on there for nothing. So, and their rookie running back is already good. So yeah, exactly. Now you got a guy who can like catch balls out of the backfield and make people miss. They'll just use him as like a wide receiver, essentially. He's just another speed yeah. guy for him. It's it's crazy all the the skills guys they have over there. 
So Bill shout and, out to the yeah. Chiefs, man. <laughs> chill, uh, chill. Bills, Chiefs. Um, that's gonna <laughs> be fun again. The Bills got. Uh, they got you know a little they they got clapped last week they got beat pretty bad yeah and it was against a good team they had Tennessee and then this week they have the Chiefs that's not really a fun schedule by any means <laughs> at all but uh, you gotta you gotta think they're gonna come out with a little intensity this week um, they're playing a good yeah team. they definitely want to bounce back game they want to bounce back. But both of these teams are 4-1. and one. Whoever loses, it's not the end of the world. It's okay. We're still early in the no. season. This is a tough game like, for both teams. So, Yeah, like if your loss is going to come against, for the Chiefs, the Raiders, and the Bills, and then for the Bills, ends up being uh, the Chiefs and the Titans. Like, it, it is what it is. Yeah. Now, like, this next game. Losing to Washington or anything. <laughs> this next game tonight is almost a must win for one of the teams and not for the other and and here's why here's why um dallas loses dak right but they're at sitting at two and three and they're a full game still in first place right it's crazy crazy so this this game just isn't as super important for them just because the eagles giants and washington are all just bad like really really bad yeah so you would love to win this game if you're dallas and try and like rally behind like dax injury it's going to be tough this first week without him and i think the cardinals pose a very very interesting team that when they're playing well or as good as anybody but they don't play well as (laughs) often as they maybe should yeah Uh, i do think this is a must win for the cardinals though because last night you were really um, you know, you got the Rams and the 49ers, and that was an opportunity for the 49ers to roll over and die with all their injuries, and Jimmy Garoppolo stepped up and they got a win. So the Niners are three and three. Uh the Rams are I believe four and two, and Seattle's still undefeated. So that division's just gonna be a just slug fest all season. And absolutely with a winnable game like tonight against our very like depleted Cowboys team, I really do think that the Cardinals need to come show up and get to four and two to make this season work out for them. Yeah. we And we were talking about uh, before the year started, the NFC West was going to be really interesting. Yeah. I mean, we knew all the teams were going to be good. We, I think we gave a little too little credit to the Rams, but they're kind of starting to show their true colors a couple weeks yeah. in now. Uh, I'm I'm still like uh, I don't know what it is. I I guess like it's a good system and McVay could mask what Jared Goff is. <laughs> but I mean they they're making it happen. So, shout out. Yeah, big Keep shout out. Um that's that's all for the NFL stuff. We did kind of ramble there for a second, but there was a lot of good stuff and NFL is kind of what we're going to be leaning on once this World Series is over. Um and we'll probably get more yeah. into college football, too, now that um, all the other programs are going to be getting back into it as well, where it feels like a full, actual, thought-out league. Um, and we were uh, we were talking about it before this episode started. Like We, we were going through uh, having all these sports, and now now they're all gone, yeah. pretty much. <laughs> now, now we're left with uh, the, the remnants of, of baseball with just the World Series going on, which, to be fair, is very exciting, and I'm super hyped for oh, the World absolutely. Series. And yeah. then it's just the NFL and some college. And 
But yeah. we're going to be getting college basketball real soon. Again, more college football. That's super exciting for me. And then the NBA is probably going to be starting back up in like January. So it won't be too bad. We'll have a lot of stuff to talk about regardless. Yeah. But we're just, oh, we just got thrown so much at once that it's almost a little bit of a letdown. <laughs> yeah, it, it's weird because like with. It was fun having like these jam-packed episodes of football, baseball, basketball, yeah, hockey, tennis, golf, cricket, bowling. Like just, just throw everything in there. Just a little melting pot. It, yeah. it was fun. Yeah. It was definitely fun. And and we're never gonna have anything like that again. Hopefully. Yeah. Ho- hopefully. We we, <laughs> we enjoyed it. It was fun. I I know everybody's thankful we got sports back, and just it, it's cool. And so speaking of thankful that, that sports too. are back, there's two cities in America that are particularly thankful that sports are back. Yes. There's two yes, cities. The, the Battle of the Title Towns. That's probably going to be the name of this episode, honestly. Um, <laughs> um, you got the Tampa Bay Lightning. They go have their bubble, win the Stanley Cup in a pretty dominant fashion, too. You have the yeah. Los Angeles Lakers go to their bubble representing Kobe pretty dominant fashion as well come through the playoffs they only lose like five games i think total roll through everybody lebron gets his fourth ring so now you got la and tampa both as champions and now you take a glimpse at the world series and who do we see (laughs) the tampa bay rays and the los angeles dodgers the david and goliath story that we all expected right that's what we say no, the, yeah. the Dodgers we expected, the Rays, the Moneyball kind of team, super analytics-based. The Dodgers got two MVPs on their team, um, one of the goats in Kershaw. Like, this is a stacked The, the, the Rays got team. Randy Rosarena. Yeah, seriously. Uh, <laughs> the Rays have Randy Rosarena as their headline hitter versus Mookie Betts, Cody Bellinger, Max Muncy, Corey Seager. Like, these are... Like acclaimed silver slugger rookie of the year MVP guys. Yeah. There's this and the is got a bunch the of definition dudes. of David and, and, and now don't, don't get it twisted. They're dudes that they're dope. Like you got G Man, Willie Adamas, Margot, Kiermeyer, Zunino. Like they got talent on that team, especially oh, yeah. with their pitching. They're pitching. Oh, yeah. And Ray's pitching. They all do their part. Nothing to sleep their on. pitching is shut down as it gets. Uh Charlie Morton's a just a big nut big game pitcher he's done it before to the dodgers as well so yeah um, i i don't think just because the the money and the names aren't the same i think this series is still going to be very good uh the rays are hungry the rays are hungry and i i really do think that they they have what it takes i but i do think that this is actually a just a very interesting matchup for the rays because the Braves had better pitching, in my opinion, than the Dodgers. Yeah. But the Dodgers just have, like, those clutch time bats. And they they've do. done it all year, and it could be any guy in that lineup. I mean, Chris Taylor is their nine hitter, and he's had as many clutch at bats as anybody in the playoffs. I mean, look at it last night. Bellinger has been just sleeping yeah, for he's, he, as he's long not been as we could remember. And he hits the home run that sends them to the World Series pretty much. Yeah, yeah, 
Seriously, a and pimp he, job and too. He it was absolutely tame. He, he tossed the bat. He did his little strut. That was really cool. That that's what I yeah. love about baseball. And people, that's what's great about playoff baseball. People don't get shown up too much. Like pitchers aren't as upset when you celebrate a big hit because like it's important. Yeah. And you and, know, and baseball is such a like tough sport and a one-on-one game, pretty much. That's like. You, the guy across from me is good. Like, yeah. So for me to do something to win that battle against him and put my team in a spot that we could win the game or just help them in whatever way you could, like you're going to be hype about that. Like any yeah. other sport, you Bro. get a sack, you're going to celebrate. You, you hit a three, you're going to celebrate. So why not I hit this home run, I struck this guy out, we turned a double play. Like, get hype. Go yeah. crazy! No, you're 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 definitely right, and um, and that's definitely what happened in both of these series. I mean, every home yes. run was pimped. There was celebrations. I mean, Bruce Star every time he gets through an inning goes nuts. Uh, mm-hmm. I saw G Man pimp a home run. Like, <laughs> there's a lot yeah, going the on. Rays dugout when uh, they get back back over there, their their celebrations and handshakes and dances and everything they mm-hmm. do is just electric. Exactly, and, uh, and Kike Hernandez and Justin Turner got a little sun sun going on over there in <laughs> L.A. with their celebration, <laughs> and it's it's all fun and everybody's having a good time. Yeah. That's what's cool. And Kike is like the perfect example of that. He's he loves having fun, absolutely. And, uh, but I mean, these two series leading up to this were both like unexpectedly great. The Rays take an early three zero lead. They look dominant. The Astros look flat, defeated, and then all of a sudden you blink. It's Saturday, and now we're playing Game Seven. Yeah, and the Rays, and the Rays have could their... have easily just laid down and like felt down on themselves. Oh, we let them come back three games. We we could have wanted like this and that. They they could have easily just laid down, and they didn't. Yeah, they didn't. The Charlie gates. Morton pitched out of his mind. Um, again, big hits from unsung heroes. You know, Mike Zanino hit a home run. Uh, Rosarena continued his tear, hits a home run. Yeah. And, um, you know, big-time guys just coming up, doing things that they're expected to do on that team despite the situation, uh, despite losing three straight to the Astros and letting them get to a Game 7, which that's only happened once before. Mm-hmm. And uh, last time it happened did not go well for the team that gave up the 3-0 lead. So the Rays uh, narrowly avoid <laughs> that uh, not so great company um and they and they punched their ticket to their second ever world series which is really 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 cool for an organization like that and and i know most of our baseball fans that listen are not big analytics guys and the rays are not a pretty team but they are the most analytics heavy team in baseball they have a low average this playoffs they have a lot of home runs they pitch the strikeouts and look where they are that's all i'm saying the analytics don't lie. That's all I'm here to say. Facts. And then on the other side, you had the team that came back pull out of it. The, the Braves jump out to a 2-0 lead. Then it turns into a 3-1 lead. And the Braves looked really, really good in the wins. And it really just came down to the Dodgers played some really, really good defense and made some important pitches when they needed to. And the Braves kind of ran themselves into a couple of outs that really could have mm-hmm. helped them or, like, changed the whole dynamic dynamic of an inning. I know in that game seven, uh, Corey Seager throws out Ozzy Albies 
at home and then they kind of wind up getting a double play out of that so instead of a run and it being a hit it turns into two outs and now nobody else is in scoring position and they wind up losing by one run it changes the whole dynamic of the game so facts and there there was a time in the middle of this series that was like this is weird (laughs) because game two the braves win eight seven all right high scoring game cool should set the tone for the rest of the series right well game three the dodgers come out and win 15 to three so where did the braves bats go and keep in mind the dodgers scored 11 in the first inning so that's game three then you go over to game four and then the braves switch it around and they score 10 and the dodgers only get two so where did the dodgers bats go and it was just like complete polar opposites going on and it was was no rhyme or reason for it either it's not like we were getting gems thrown or anything we were getting good games thrown but it's that wasn't really the case you know what i'm saying yeah uh it was just the bats kind of just went quiet for both sides at just random times and um it became just like the battle of attrition who who wants to who wants to lose less (laughs) not win more but lose less and, um, and and it was pretty scary for the Dodgers in game two because Kershaw ends up being a early scratch for that game. And then it's like, wow, game two, we we need him. And with these no days off, you can't just like, all right, take a day off, come back game three. Nah, off game three, and then he uh, ends up pitching game four but gets the loss in Kershaw fashion in postseason. <laughs> It'd be like that. But yeah. all in all, it was a fun series. It was a really fun series. Yeah, I enjoyed I, it. it. It it was definitely good. Um, who we got? Obviously, we mentioned it. Rays, Dodgers. Um, who are the players that you are looking out on? I want I want one or two guys from each team that you are looking at to make a serious impact here. Well, we'll stay with um the Dodgers since we're on that right now. Um, I think Bellinger takes uh that home run into the world series and goes on a tear because like we said he's he's been quiet and he he needs to come up and really show out and i'm gonna go with um kershaw i think he's gonna rewrite this he's gonna pop off have a good world series lay all the October postseason Clayton Kershaw slander down for a little bit until next year. And uh yeah. So Belly and Kershaw. How about the Rays? Um, you gotta go a Rosarena. I, okay. I, <laughs> I don't think there's any argument with that. Like the the kid is just he broke uh, a Rays record, uh by hitting, what is it, eight home runs in the playoffs? Yeah, that's the most by any Rays player ever in total playoffs. So it's just... And previously it was uh, Longoria, and he had been in the playoffs like three, four times. So this is in a single postseason that he has broken the all-time playoff home run record for the Rays. That's definitely impressive as it is. Yeah. And I mean... For a number two, it's really hard with this Rays team because they got so many people that could just show up. Like, you got Kiermaier, G-Man, Brasso, Meadows. Like, I, I could keep on going and name their whole entire lineup. Yeah. <laughs> like, 
like Adamas, Lau, Margot, Wendo, Zunino, but I I think it all comes down to the pitching. Yeah, uh, I think their pitching unit in a whole is going to be a big part. No, I can I can agree with that. Um, I'll I'll give you mine as well. I'll start with the Rays. I'm gonna piggyback obviously with Randy Arozarena. Um, if the Rays mm-hmm. are gonna have a chance in this series, he's gonna have to continue. Maybe not at the like rapid pace that he's hitting home runs, but he's gonna have to contribute and he's gonna have to be hitting and be yeah, a force. Yeah, because the team feeds off of him so much, man. Yeah, seriously, and he brings so much energy to that team. So they're they're gonna yeah. need him to at least help produce some energy and some electricity. And the second guy that I have is actually definitely one of their like unsung guys all season. I'm gonna go with Joey mm-hmm. Wendell. And okay. you know, we we talk about the Rays pitching and that's gonna show up. I, I think that whoever's on the mound is gonna be pitching well, like regardless. Yeah. So I'm not gonna name any of them because I think they're all gonna do their jobs. But Joey Wendell to me is a guy who has great at bats. He's a really good defender. And when he is hitting and seeing the ball well, because he strikes out a lot, but when he's seeing the ball well, um, he's just a guy that is constantly on base, constantly hitting the ball hard, and can just be an absolute problem. Yeah. And if they have him towards the top of the lineup like they have recently, I think uh, he's going to be kind of the unsung hero from this team and kind of do a lot of damage for him. He, he's definitely due. Because yeah, he hasn't had exactly. uh, the best series. He went 3-for-21 with a bat in 143. So he's definitely due to go off. And then, and like we said earlier, the Rays are not hitting well for average at all. Like, all their runs are coming off solo and two-run homers yeah. pretty much. Um, the big hits. The, uh, the, for the Dodgers, I actually have Walker Bueller because – okay. He did not have a good game one in to open the Braves series, but his second outing was absolutely dominant. He looked mm-hmm. really good. He looked like the Walker Bueller we know. And if as long as they can get good innings out of him, we're kind of like the Yankees where if when he pitches, they don't have to go to the bullpen early. So, you know, hopefully seven, eight innings out of him. I think they're going to be in good shape. And then for their bats, we know about Bellinger. We know about Mookie Betts. Corey Seager's been on fire. But the guy for me that if he shows up, this is not even a competition of a series, is Max Muncy. Yeah. If Max Muncy is hitting the ball, because he's as streaky of a hitter as it gets, right? I mean, there's weeks where he goes uh, 20 for 25, and there's some where he goes like 1 for 30. It's just kind of how he goes sometimes. Uh, but when he's hot, when he's hot, there's nobody hot. better. There's just nobody better. And um, if if he is on, we know Mookie's going to be on. We know uh, Seager is going to carry it over because he's been big time ever since really this whole season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, if Max Muncie can figure it out and click in this World Series, I think the Dodgers are just far and away a better team. If that's the case. Yeah. I can agree with that. So also, big shout out to Mookie's glove, man. That Robin he was making some runs. plays. Two. Air he Mookie, was some the plays. Jordan Brand athlete, Air Mookie. Yes, sir. The bowler himself. Like, <laughs> That's a second baseman making those plays. All right. Yeah, you gotta love the way Mookie plays, man. And you know we're you gonna mention it, it every time. Imagine trading that away. 
Alex Verdugo, you're you're a good young player. You're a cool kid. This has nothing to do with you. This is just how do you trade away Mookie Betts? Yeah, it, it's sad for him that it's like we have tied. to put him into the shadow yeah. of Mookie. Because like, he didn't choose to go there. He didn't choose his life. He also <laughs> had a good year, too. But that's the thing, like, Doesn't no matter. matter what he does, Doesn't matter. like, he could win the triple crown, <laughs> and it's just like, he, he's still not Mookie. He's still not Mookie. He's not a potential two-time MVP, two-time World Series champ. Like, it, it's just not going to cut it. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, prediction, who's winning? How many games? Um, I think this series goes six. Okay, I think it goes six. Okay. Um, it's tough, man. It's a really tough because both of these teams, they're hungry. Dodgers for they got their own reasons that they got their World Series woes. The Rays, obviously, they're a young team. They're here. Maybe shouldn't be here, but they're here. They're good. They're great. Best team in the American League. So, uh, I'm going to go with the Dodgers just because they got that really late playoff experience, World Series experience. Their bats, like you said, when, when they're on, they're, man, they they got just as much talent as anybody in the league. But, um, yeah. I'm going to go Dodgers and six. Dodgers and six? I think I'm going to follow you on that. I'll take Dodgers and seven, though. Uh, okay. Yeah, I just think that they have the um, – they not only hit home runs like the Rays do, but they also hit for average, and that's eventually going to kind of give them an extra yeah. run or two when they eventually do hit those home runs. And um, – yeah, I think this is going to be a really, really interesting matchup because it's it's a team with kind of a depleted pitching staff, but a really good bullpen with the Dodgers, but not like elite, just like a good bullpen, right? Yeah. To some not fantastic Rays hitters, but guys that hit the ball hard and sometimes it goes over the fence. So I don't think like dominant pitching really matters too much when you're playing the Rays. Yeah. Just because they're they're not going to be hitting 400 in this series. It's just not going to happen. But now on the same note, if the Dodgers pitching is on point, where you're getting good starts from Bueller, Goslin, Kershaw, like it's going to pay off. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's and and that's off. why I listed Bueller as one of these guys because if they do get a good dominant start and they only give up one two runs, I think they're going to win those games. So especially if Dustin May could show out too. Yeah, if he ends up uh, getting the start for one of these games and not coming out of the bullpen. And he actually shows up because he hasn't had the best starts this postseason. No, but. and and he's been on short rest, and it you know it's been an interesting exactly. year for him. He's had his highs and lows, but when he's good, yeah. he's really hard to hit. And so, and I mean, he's a young pitcher, so it is what it is. Like yeah. you, you're gonna take what you get. But that that's another uh, dark horse right there to look out for, Dustin May. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. So. Um, I think that's about everything that we have for you guys this week. Um, like we mentioned at the top of the episode, please be on the lookout for next week. It's going to be our 50th episode, and it is a special, special one. 
Um, especially mm-hmm. for all of our Tampa fans. That's the only hint we're going to give you guys. Uh, that's it. But um, That's it. You only get a little, little spice. Yeah. That's it. But definitely, definitely look out for that. It's going to be a lot of fun. I hope you guys enjoy it as much as we enjoy giving it to you. And yeah. um, and thanks, as always, for, for listening and rocking with us. You know, this is our 49th episode, so we've been doing this with you guys for a while now. And we're, as a, we're always appreciative of everything you do for us. Um, you know, follow us on all the socials, liking, sharing, doing what you guys do. Also, if you're listening to this on YouTube, welcome. This is our first YouTube video in a very long time. <laughs> um, if not, if you're not listening to this on YouTube, go give our YouTube channel a subscribe, a like, whatever you would like to do over there because we are officially re-unveiling our YouTube channel. So that's big news for yes. us as well. And um, yeah. Yeah. So, like he said, follow the socials at underscore the spectators. We got some cool stuff lined up for you guys, a little fun stuff. So, uh, sorry for you guys to check that out. Again, thank you. It means so much to us, all the love and support we've been getting. We're coming up on 10 months, 50 episodes, and it's just been all love the whole way through. So, again, thank you. We appreciate it. And uh, looking forward to seeing what you guys think about next week. Yeah. Take it easy, everybody. We'll see you guys next time. Later.